Well, we have finally made it to week nine of the WPIAL regular season. Playoff brackets come out tomorrow, that being Saturday the 29th. But until then, we still got some playoff spots to figure out here tonight. Hi, everybody, for Pittsburgh Sports Now. This is your host of the Whippy Whip Around, Brandon Rossi. And today we're looking at, firstly, the top five in each classification, minus 6A. 6A will be the top three teams and then we'll go into our games of the week. Now, we're looking at games with playoff implications only, um, and that goes in regard to conference championships, playoff seedings, um, and playoff berths, of course. We'll go into that in our games of the week segment. Firstly, let's take a look at our top five in each classification, and we'll start, of course, in Class 1A. Only one team drops out. That being Our Lady of the Sacred Heart due to its punishing defeat to Bishop Canavan. Union did have a tough loss to Southside this week, but the Scotties are the number five team. Um, not necessarily saying that Union did anything spectacular to get into the top five because they did get beat 35-8 to by Southside. Um, it's just a matter of Union at least was able to put up some points and was able to make it somewhat more competitive, although that's not easy for me to say uh, as the game was 28 nothing at half. Union jumps into the top five. Mapletown remains at the four spot. Laurel is now two. Southside is three. And, of course, the number one team remains as Bishop Canavan. In Class 2A, Sarah Catholic has fallen out of Class 2A's top five and makes way for a newcomer in Keystone Oaks. The Golden Eagles, for the first time this season, cracked the top five in Class 2A with a 35-21 win over Wash High last week. And then the top of this, of Class 2A remains mostly the same. Only difference is I have Beaver Falls going to three, Nishanik the four, and the top two remain the same, Still Rocks two, Steel Valley one. No changes again for Class 3A. Avonworth is the top spot. Bell Vernon is two. Elizabeth Ford, three, Freeport, four, and West Mifflin, five. In Class 4A, the team that drops out of the top five is West Allegheny after getting thumped by Central Valley last week. The Warriors, as I mentioned, could be my new number one team in Class 4A. However, it is number two. Central Valley is the number two team in Class 4A, only trailing McKeesport still. Um, who is, claims the top spot once again? Aliquippa the three, four and five. We have Armstrong and Highlands. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, Highlands did lose to Armstrong. That's concrete fact. But the fact that Highlands was able to make it a contest with Armstrong is the reason why the Golden Rams are in the top five in Class Four A. No changes in 5A. Bethel Park remains the top team. Gateway 2, Upper St. Clair 3. Penn Trafford is 4. Pine Richland is 5. And then going to Class 6A, we have Ken McMillan dropping out of the top 3. Um, they were number 3 last week, and now they're on the outside of that. The team jumping in is Central Catholic. I have the Vikings as the number 2 team in Class 6A, which means Seneca is the 3. And, of course, the top spot, as it has been throughout most of the season, is North Allegheny. All right, now time to take a look at our games of the week. Firstly, in the Tri-County South, 
now, before we get into playoff scenarios, we got to address last night, California defeats Bentworth by a score of 61-7. to The Trojans finished the season at 5-2 and in conference play and 8-2 and overall with that 51-7 drubbing of Bentworth. However, Carmichael's and Manesson could join the Trojans as a deadlock for second place in the Tri-County South. Those are the other two games we'll take a look at. Jefferson Morgan travels to Carmichael's. Best center is at Manesson. And quite frankly, between those two games, I think Manesson has the easier road. I think the Greyhounds win pretty easily. And I'm also going to do something that I haven't really done consistently throughout the season, and that is go by the amount of points I think the game is going to be decided by because that goes a long way as well into determining tiebreaker points. So Manesson over best center, I think it's a four-touchdown game. Give me the Greyhounds by 28 points. And then Carmichael's and Jefferson Morgan, uh, the Rockets are improved from last season. I'm not taking anything away from them, but uh, I don't think Jefferson Morgan has the firepower to stop the aerial assault that Carmichael's is going to embark on um, on home turf against Jefferson Morgan, giving the mics by 20 points. Up next, the Eastern Conference, two games to watch out for. Jeanette at Clareton, Leechburg at Greensburg Central Catholic. These are the four teams that will be going into the playoffs. Um, and the playoff seedings specifically are not concrete yet. Um, but firstly, let's get the game I think is going to be a blowout out of the way, that being Clareton and Jeanette. Give me the Bears to win this one. I'm going by 26 points, which means that uh, Clareton will go to 5-1. and one. The, the intriguing game here is Leechburg and Greensburg Central. Now, if Clareton wins and if Leechburg wins, there's a three-way tie for first in the Eastern Conference at 5-1 and one between the Centurions, the Blue Devils, and the Bears. Um, I think this Greensburg Central-Leechburg game is going to be a barn burner and perhaps the closest game all weekend in Class 1A. This one's a coin flip. I really like what GCC has brought to the table this season. Something we haven't really given GCC enough credit for is the smothering defense um, against conference opponents have only given up 24 points. And 18 of them came against Clareton. The other six were against Springdale, but that was against, um, quite frankly, the backups against Greensburg Central. But last three weeks, Greensburg Central, Mercy Road, Frazier, Jeanette, and Riverview in that order, all via the shutout, 47-0, 44-0, and 48-0. Uh, GCC's defense is playing its best ball all year. And offensively, you got Tyree Turner passing the ball, 1,300 yards passing. Dejon Craggett has 904 yards rushing. And the freshman, Samir Crosby, 25 catches for 412 yards. Leechburg, we do all know about Braylon Lovelace. He's rushed for over 1,300 yards. Jaden Floyd has just under 1,100 yards passing. Two favorite targets, Logan Klein and Tyler Foley. Um, I think this game is decided in the final minutes. I think it's a two-point game, 28-26, but I'm going with Greensburg Central Catholic to escape with a win on home soil. Up next, the Black Hills Conference, two games to look out for. Cornell is at Olsh, Fort Cherry is at Burgettstown. Um, the final playoff spot will be decided between Olsh 
and Cornell. Um, Canavan, Burgettstown, Fort Cherry have all clinched. Um, now, if Burgettstown and if Cornell win, then there's a three-way tie that will be decided by tiebreaker points, head-to-head, etc., etc. Olsen Cornell pretty much is to decide a playoff spot. Olsen has the easiest road, um, but Cornell, it's not out of the question. Put it this way, if Olsen does not have Nehemiah Azim tonight, they're in trouble. Um, Cornell, don't let the 500 record fool you. They look pretty good, um, especially last week, with bouncing back with that huge win over Chartier's Houston. Um, so, I'll just say this. If Nehemiah Azim plays, I think Olsh wins by 11. If Azim does not play, I think Cornell wins by potentially three scores. I think it's that big of a difference when Azim is on the field and when he's not. Um, now, the other game, Fort Cherry and Burgettstown, this is a rivalry game. Uh, even back whenever um, my grandfather, he played for Fort Cherry back in the 60s with Marty Schottenheimer, and this was always the rivalry um, back in the northern parts of Washington County. This is going to be a good one. Um, two teams that are very similar in styles, very similar in many ways, um, and I think it's a one-touchdown game. Give me Burgettstown to win by seven in a very, very close one. Finally, going into the Big 7 Conference, we're looking at one game in particular. It's between two playoff-bound teams, Southside Beaver and Rochester. Those two teams battle in Rochester tonight. Um, I've been high on Southside Beaver all year long, and last week got back on track with the big win over Union. I think Rochester's going to put up a big fight, though, um, just based off of the history that Rochester has had. It is historically one of the more successful programs out of the small schools not just in Pittsburgh area, but also in uh, the state of Pennsylvania. But I still like Southside in this one. Give me the Rams by six points in this one. Going to Class 2A now, we got one game in the Midwestern and the Century Conference, um, respectively. First game we'll look at in the Midwestern Conference, um, it's Nishanik and Mohawk. This one is pretty straightforward. Winner is second place. The loser, though, it could potentially create a log jam for third uh, in the Midwestern Conference. So, Nishanik um, 5-1, they're second right now. But if Mohawk wins, and yeah, they would have the head-to-head over Nishanik. And, uh, and uh, if... Now, keep in mind, there's also a possibility that Mohawk, Western Beaver, and Riverside could all tie for third. Which, if that's the case, uh, it'll be... Tiebreaker points, deciding third, head-to-head to to fourth. But Neshanik and Mohawk, uh, the Lancers are one of the most underrated teams in the WPIAL, and I like Neshanik to win this one, potentially big. Don't get me wrong, Mohawk, um, they turned some heads last week with a 22-8 win at Western Beaver, but I do think Neshanik is uh, a little stronger than Western Beaver this year, and give me the Lancers to win this one. I'm going to go by 24 points. Century Conference Game of the Week will decide third and fourth place. It's between McGuffey and Wash High. This is a rivalry game. We've seen some classics between these two teams. McGuffey winning the closer ones. Wash High blowing up McGuffey whenever whenever it gets the win over the Highlanders. 
This one's going to be tight. Um, now, the top of the conference is set. It's still Rocks 1, Keystone Oaks 2, regardless of what happens. Um, even if Keystone Oaks loses this week, um, they would still have head-to-head over McGuffey and Wash High. So the Golden Eagles are the second spot. This one also has more than just bragging rights up for grabs. It's also a chance to potentially get a home playoff game. Now, there's no guarantee, especially when you're the three seed coming out of a conference, but um, that's something to play for. And the first thing's first, got to win on Friday nights. And uh, McGuffey and Washi, this one's at Washi. Um, the Prexies do have a very talented senior class, but... To be honest, I'm a little disappointed with what Wash High has brought. I thought they'd be they'd have a better edge, I would say, over the rest of the conference, not named Still Rocks. Um, McGuffey has that uh, offense that can do some damage because it gets a lot of people involved. Um, McGuffey's defense, second best in the conference, only behind Still Rocks. And Wash High's defense has not been... They've been suspect at times, let's just say that, even though the offense has been pretty good. Um, I like this one being a close game. I'm going 38-35. McGuffey gets the win over Wash High, giving the Highlanders to win this one. Allegheny Conference, this is the most complicated. Um, The final playoff spot in Class 2A will be decided... Between Apollo Ridge and Amani Christian. Now, those two teams, the Vikings played the Borough Bucks. Amani Christian is at Yawk. Um, so, we'll take a look at those games first before we get to the conference championship. Um, Apollo Ridge at Burrow. Now, here's the scenarios. If Burrow beats Apollo Ridge and Amani Christian defeats Yawk, then Apollo Ridge is out. Amani is in as the fifth seed. Now, if Apollo Ridge wins and Amani Christian wins, Amani Christian is out, Apollo would be four, Burrow would be five. Either way, if you're Apollo Ridge or Amani Christian, um, you got to take care of business. Amani Christian at Yawk. Um, Yawk has been eliminated, but they're, but Yawk, um, I would say they're improving. I wouldn't say that they're a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they are steadily improving. And Amani Christian defensively has had some lapses. They've given up 34 points a game, only second worst in the conference, um, with the only team behind them being Derry, who's winless on the season. But uh, I think Amani Christian gets the win in this one. I think the Saints defeat Yawk on the road by 11 points. Now, that just leaves the question about Apollo Ridge and Burrell. I like Burl in this one. Um, this is going to be another very, very close game. Um, I'm going two points separates the winner, and I think Burl squeaks out the win um, heading into the playoffs. Burl has been uh, a team that not a lot of they've kind of flown under the radar in Class Two A, and I do think that they're able to turn away their rivals in the AK Valley, Apollo Ridge, and eliminate the Vikings from playoff contention. But again, if Apollo Ridge wins, then it doesn't really matter what Amani Christian does. Apollo Ridge has the easiest road into the playoffs. Finally, the conference championship, it'll be between Steel Valley and Sarah Catholic. Now, on paper, when you look at the conference records and the overall records, you would say, oh, this one is going to be a pretty decently tight game. Um, however, 
Steel Valley, I think this year is on just a whole nother level right now. And I think Steel Valley wins easily against Sarah Catholic. I don't think it's going to be as bad as uh, prior Steel Valley games, but I do think it's going to be a blowout. Not Mercy Rule bad, but I'm going Steel Valley. I'm going to say by 26 points. Now we go to Class 3A where we start things out in the Western Hills Conference. The final spot out of the Western Hills will be decided between Hopewell and Beaver. Now, um, there this is going to be complicated. It's pretty likely that Beaver is going to clinch a playoff berth. Um, there's basically for Hopewell to get in, it needs a miracle. Um, and not only that, but it also needs to win against Beaver tonight, which I don't think is going to happen. I think the Bobcats win relatively easily. I'm going by 25 points. Beaver wins. Anyways, uh, two playoff-bound teams that'll battle tonight. West Mifflin hosts South Park in the season finale. Uh, West Mifflin second place in the Western Hills, and uh, they're sitting at 41 points. They're sitting pretty. South Park is, like I mentioned, in a tie for third with Beaver. I think this one, not as lopsided as the Hopewell-Beaver game, but I think West Mifflin wins fairly easily. I'm going by 19 points. West Mifflin wins that one. Now we go to the Interstate Conference where, let's. I'm just going to be honest, I wish all conferences with six teams were this easily divided. Um, you have winless teams at the bottom, 500 teams in the middle, and then your undefeated teams at the top of the standings. I mean, it doesn't get much easier than that. Um, EF, Bell Vernon, Mount Pleasant, Southmoreland, all in the playoffs. We'll first look at the third-place game between Southmoreland and Mount Pleasant. Um, the Scotties have a very good um, passing game. It's kind of been their bread and butter for the last, uh, really it's been, what, four or five years Caden Kiefer is taking over the reins, 1,330 yards. Ty Kevers had a marvelous season, 62 catches for 870 yards and has scored 16 touchdowns. He accounts for over half of uh, Southmoreland's points this season. And Mount Pleasant, uh, we've talked about Robbie Labuda and uh, how dynamic that he can be, I should say. He's a 1,000-yard rusher at 1,144 yards. But uh, Jackson Hutter, the last couple of weeks, has kind of bursted onto the scene, back-to-back 100-yard games. And uh, the Vikings on the road at Southmoreland. I like Mount Pleasant to win this one. Um, close game, but I'm going by nine points. The Vikings get the win. And for the Interstate Conference Championship, it's Bell Vernon at Elizabeth Ford. Two teams we kind of figured would be at the top of the standings. And, well, no surprise here. Um, EF and Bell Vernon. Both teams have had great seasons. EF is undefeated. Bell Vernon is 6-2. But don't let the 6-2 record fool you because Bell Vernon's non-conference schedule was tough to say the least. Um, in conference play, Bell Vernon has only given up two touchdowns and are, of course, led by five-star recruit Quinton Martin. And he leads a very, very talented junior class. Martin leads the team in rushing. 612 yards. Braden Locks has 660 yards passing. Not to mention Martin leads in receptions with 16. Chase Raconin has the most receiving yards at 294. Elizabeth Ford has a very strong passing game. Zion White with over 1,500 passing yards to this point. Zach Boyd, 
just under 1,000 yards receiving on 30 catches on the year. Boyd has scored 18 touchdowns um, for an EF team that's averaging just under 45 points a game. This one is going to be a very entertaining matchup. I think it has the potential to be a shootout, but I also think it has a potential to uh, be a Bell Vernon runaway. I think Bell Vernon wins, but I don't think it's going to be by that many points per se. I'm going Bell Vernon to win by nine. Um, let's go with let's go 39 to 30. Bell Vernon with the win at EF. In our Allegheny Six Conference, this one's also pretty simple. East Allegheny is at Shady Side Academy. Winner is second place. Loser is third place. Freeport is the conference champion. Deer Lakes is the four, regardless of what happens tonight between those two teams. East Allegheny, winners of five of the last six to end up with a 7-2 and two record. Shady Side Academy um, started off very slowly, but has... Really picked up the slack in the last couple of weeks. Um, even looking at the conference opener, 12-7 to Freeport. That's the closest game that Freeport's had in conference play. And back-to-back shutouts to Valley and Deer Lakes. Uh, Shady Side's offense, nothing spectacular, but um, they've been very, very good. And I think just the, for the fact that Shady Side's playing its best ball right now, uh, I'm going with the Bulldogs to win by eight in this one. Up next, Class 4A's Parkway Conference. And before we get to the main events, uh, firstly, we'll take a look at the battle for third and fourth place. It's between Montour and West Allegheny. Um, game that I'll be on the call on for uh, Huddle TV. And uh, this game, if you ask me... If you ask me at the beginning to middle of the, of the season, I would say West A wins in a rout because Montour in the beginning of the season did not look particularly strong. Uh, had some issues with the quarterback. Uh, Jake Wolf was hampered with some injuries, and that forced uh, a number of players to take over a quarterback in the moon game just to kind of experiment. Caleb Platts, Trey Hopper. And um, ever since the Aliquippa game, and if you exclude the Central Valley game, Montour is playing its best ball. And uh, the last couple of weeks have really um, solidified that, I would say. Last week against Blackhawk, holding the Cougars to 130 total yards of offense. And really, it's been the passing game, of course, led by the aforementioned Wolf. Um, he threw for 229 last week against Blackhawk. But if anything was to go by off of last week, it's Daniel Batch. Uh, he had a breakout game, five catches, three touchdowns, 151 receiving. And uh, this sophomore class from Montour is going to be very, very good. And they're going to need it because it looks like, at least in the Parkway, the sophomore class for most of these teams look very, very strong um, going forward. So uh, with West Allegheny, I think right now, um, to be quite honest, West A has played better games um, in at least in the beginning of the season. Now, yes, the Indians are dealing with injuries. The linebacking core is uh, decimated right now. Uh, this one, I think the West A Montour game has a chance to be um, a one-score game. I'm not picking a winner because, again, I'm on the call, but... I'm expecting a very, very close game between two rivals, an old-fashioned rivalry game from the Parkway Conference. And speaking of rivalry, no game in the WPIL bigger than this one. It's Central Valley and Aliquippa. 
The 4A state champions versus the 3A state champions battling for the Parkway Conference Championship. And what is there to be said about both teams that haven't been said in the last week or so? Central Valley has one of the best offenses that I've seen at the high school level in a long time. Aliquippa has one of the best defenses that I've seen at the high school level in a long time. However, what do I think is going to be the difference? The Central Valley defense versus the Aliquippa offense, the inverse of what everyone's been talking about. I am going to pick a winner for this Central Valley Aliquippa game, and I'm going based off of who I think is the more complete team. Um, Aliquippa has the size. Don't get me wrong. You look at that offensive line, the trench dogs, they are, I mean, the names and the accolades speak for themselves. And Aliquippa's underclassmen are extremely talented. Central Valley has some of the best athletes in the Parkway Conference and in the WPIAL. Brett Fitzsimmons is one of the most underrated running backs in the state of Pennsylvania. Antoine Johnson and Javen Thompson is one of the deadliest combos uh, from quarterback to receiver in the WPIAL. Jackson Tanya is one of the best defensive linemen and overall linemen in the WPIAL. Um, so something's got to give in this one. I'm going with an eight-point game. 28 to 20, your winner, Central Valley. And another reason, Central Valley not only is, I think, the more complete team, but also, too, Central Valley has had Aliquippa's number. The Quips have not defeated the Warriors since 2017. You look at 2018, Aliquippa went to the state championship and won. Only loss was to Central Valley in Week 9. Uh, 2019, Central Valley swept the season series, blew out the Quips at the pit, and then won a close WPIO championship game. Due to COVID in 2020, they didn't play. And then you get to 2021, Central Valley squeaks by Aliquippa at the pit again. So uh, history, I think, is going to repeat itself. I got Central Valley in this one in a tight one. Greater Allegheny Conference, uh, the only two spots decided Armstrong and Highlands, um, and we're going to take a look at Highlands taking on Hampton, and then the other game, North Catholic, is at Mars. Those are the two games I want to highlight from the Greater Allegheny Conference. Highlands is already in, we know that, but there's two spots between three teams. That's Hampton, North Catholic, and Mars. I think both of these games are very tight. I do think Highlands defeats Hampton in a closer game than people anticipate. This is another eight-point game, I would say, for the Golden Rams. Um, Hampton offensively has shown that it can hang with the big boys. Um, last week put up 49 against Mars in the, high, in the second highest scoring game in Hampton history. Mars will look to um, – it needs help to get into the playoffs, and it all starts with a win against North Catholic – what do I think happens here? I think Mars's playoff hopes will vanish. I think North Catholic wins another eight-point game. Um, so I guess the number of the day is eight. But um, North Catholic and Highlands, I think, win. Um, which, if that's the case, then the scenario would be Highlands is second, North Catholic third, Hampton fourth, and Mars is eliminated. Now, if Highlands and Mars win then Mars, Hampton, and North Catholic are tied for the final two spots. Tiebreaker points will decide third, which I believe would go between Hampton and North Catholic. Um, and then head-to-head would, would decide the fourth-place spot. 
Now go to the Big Seven Conference. Uh, firstly, the other the one of the games that can uh, determine playoff positioning, even though I don't think it'll have that much of an impact. Laurel Highlands at Connellsville. This one's pretty easy. Laurel Highlands, I think, wins big. I'm going 32 points in favor of the Mustangs. The big game in the Big Seven Conference Championship potentially up there for grabs between Thomas Jefferson and McKeesport. TJ's not what it was. Let's let's just be blunt about that. Um, six and three on the season, which for TJ standards is not disastrous, but not good. Um, but still firmly in the playoffs and got its best performance last week against Connellsville. And um, don't get me wrong, TJ can very well win this game, but it's going to be very tough. Now, if McKeesport wins, then the Tigers are first, Laurel Highland second, TJ third, Latrobe fourth. Doesn't really matter. Um, because then McKeesport will be undefeated, Lowell Highlands 5-1, TJ 4-2, etc., etc. Now, if TJ wins and Lowell Highlands wins, there's a three-way tie. Um, then it'll be decided between uh, tiebreaker points and then, play a, and then um, head-to-head. So if that's the case, McKeesport would still have the tiebreaker points no matter what, um, because right now they're sitting at 50, and the most points that TJ and Laurel Highlands can get, 33 and 30, um, or 43 and 30. So McKeesport will be the one seed no matter what, even though they lost to um, Thomas Jefferson. And then the head-to-head, Laurel Highlands would be two, TJ would be three. So it's looking very likely that that'll be the case for the Big Seven. Um, but again... We'll see what happens uh, on the field tonight. Going to Class 5A, we start things off in the Northeast Conference. No one has clinched. 5A is a crapshoot right now. Um, Firstly, let's take a look at um, the game that will undoubtedly decide a playoff spot. It's between Pine Richland and North Hills. Winner is in, plus a share of the conference championship. Um, Pine Richland, Penn Hills, North Hills are all three and one. Uh, firstly, I think Pine Richland's playing its best ball right now, and it's not even close. I think Pine Richland wins by 15 points. The Rams will win a share of the conference championship. The other question is Penn Hills and Woodland Hills. Um, Woodland Hills is two and two, and uh, if Penn Hill, it, and that means that if Penn Hills. Or if Woodland Hills defeats Penn Hills, Pine Richland would be the conference champion outright. Um, because then Penn Hills, North Hills, Woodland Hills would all be tied for second with two losses. Um, now if Penn Hills wins, then the Indians cl- uh, clinch a playoff berth and earn a share of the conference championship. And I think that's going to happen. Uh, Penn Hills, I think, wins in a close one. Seven points the difference. I'm going 28-21. Now, um, if this scenario plays out, Penn Hills would be the number one seed out of the Northeast Conference. Pine Richland would be second, and North Hills would be third. Woodland Hills out. If Pine Richland and Woodland Hills win, Pine Richland is the top seed. Woodland Hills is second. North Hills is third. Penn Hills is out. So, a lot can happen tonight in the Northeast Conference. Up next, the Big East Conference. Only game to look at, Franklin Regional, is at Penn Trafford. And, well, the stakes can't be much higher for Penn Trafford. Um, it's pretty simple. 
Uh, Franklin Regional win eliminates Penn Trafford, and the Panthers win the conference outright. If Penn Trafford wins, their playoff positioning is not a guarantee, but it will potentially give Penn Trafford a wild card spot, put the Warriors in good shape. Again, for reference, it's the top uh, two teams that will get into the playoffs outright, and then they take two third-place teams from the Northeast, Big East, and the Allegheny Six. This one, Franklin Regional and Penn Trafford. The Panthers, after a lackluster season last year and really have not been what Franklin Regional was known for early in the 2010s, they're back on track. Uh, Roman Sarnik, a dual threat, 874 rushing, 960 passing. Aiden Hudock has been spectacular with 29 catches for 791. Penn Trafford coming off of the state championship. Not necessarily a hangover because they've had a very tough schedule. Um, Conlon Green has passed for over 1,200 yards, rushed for 671, and scored eight touchdowns to lead a balanced Penn Trafford attack. Um, This is do or die for Penn Trafford at home against a rival in Franklin Regional. Who do I think wins? It's a 16-point game. And I'm picking Franklin Regional to eliminate Penn Trafford from the playoffs. And the Panthers win the conference outright as kind of the shocker in Class 5A. Up next is the Allegheny Six Conference. Uh, two games with playoff implications. Bethel Park, who's already clinched, hosts Peters Township. And Upper St. Clair hosts South Fayette. Um, Bethel Park can win the conference outright with an undefeated conference mark if it defeats Peters Township, which I think will happen. Um, Bethel Park at home against the Indians. And although Peters Township has gotten the better of Bethel Park in recent years, I think it's Bethel Park's time to finally get over the PT hump and give me the Blackhawks to win by 10. Now, the South Fayette-Upper St. Clair game is where things get interesting. Um, So... Assuming Bethel Park takes care of Peters Township, then it's the Upper St. Clair South Fayette game will decide a lot. If Upper St. Clair wins, USC is second, and Peters Township will finish third, South Fayette eliminated. If South Fayette wins alongside Bethel Park, second and third will be decided by tiebreaker points and then the head to head, that being between uh, USC. Peters Township, and South Fayette. Um, For reference, the tiebreaker would be um, in favor of Peters Township, at least for now. And then the head-to-head, if South Fayette wins, the Lions are in, Upper St. Clair is out. Very uncommon you see a top-five team miss the playoffs but could have a scenario in which Upper St. Clair does not get in. Um, But... When you take a look at Upper St. Clair, Aiden Besselman, one of the best receivers in the state of Pennsylvania. Jamal Brown, also an underrated talent at running back, just shy of 1,000 yards rushing. And uh, two quarterbacks have done well for USC. Julian Dallum, 954 passing. Ethan Hellman, 501 passing. And it helps when you have an experienced receiving core coming back. Um, South Fayette's last week uh, just got worn down. Uh, Bethel Park just wore them out, and then uh, it was pretty much easy pickings for the Blackhawks against South Fayette. This one I do think is closer, but I am picking Upper St. Clair to win 
in a five-point game, um, potentially a shootout. This is emerging as South Fayette's biggest rivalry in football, but I still think the Panthers get the win and establish supremacy uh, against South Fayette for now. And finally, we go to Class 6A, where all eyes are on the two conference games, Kennemack at Mount Lebo, Seneca Valley at North Allegheny. Um, Central Catholic out of the conference this week. They're playing gateway in non-conference action. And let's get it to you straight. Um, If N.A. wins, Mount Lebo wins, then Seneca is out. If N.A. and Kennemack win, Lebo is out. If Seneca and Mount Lebanon win, Cannon Mack is out. If Seneca Valley and Cannon Mack win, then Mount Lebanon is out. Um, so there is a lot at stake tonight um, between these two games. Firstly, let's look at Cannon Mack and Mount Lebanon. Uh, the Blue Devils, it's been tough sledding uh, coming off of the best season in program history. Um, a young team, has the offense hasn't really generated a whole lot. Leading rusher is Beckham Deeb with only 283 yards rushing, at least by my count. David Shields, 652 passing. Leading receiver Garrett Pavlik, 336 receiving on 20 receptions. Mike Byersdorf, 21 catches on the year. Uh, Cannon Mack, led by one of the better quarterbacks, Mikey Evans, 1,400-yard passer. Jake Casper has rushed for 1,300 yards plus. Austin Winkleblack, the favorite target, 37 catches for 699. Um, Mount Lebo's defense has been impressive. Um, 137 points given up. That's 15 a game. The offense, uh, something to be desired. They're averaging 17 points scored a game and have only scored 29 points in conference play. But um, this is a defensive game for sure. Between these two teams, it's a six-point game, and I'm going with Cannon Mack to get the win against Mount Lebanon. And then finally, the game that I thought at the beginning of the season, if it wasn't Central and Seneca, I thought this would be the game, the the championship game, North Allegheny and Seneca Valley. Um, N.A. has looked very impressive this year. There's no doubt about that. Seneca, uh, sluggish start after losing two of the first three games to Peters Township and a shocker to Cannon Mac, which kind of put the Big Macs on the map. Um... They, they went on a roll despite losing last week in a close one to Central Catholic. Um, this one, again, another tight game. This is another big rivalry between Seneca and, and N.A. And um, this one, this is a two-point game. Uh, this is going to be a tight one. And uh, who do I think wins? I am sticking with North Allegheny to win by two points. So therefore, uh, by scenario, my my prediction would be that uh, NA would be the number one seed, Central Catholic the two, Canamac the three, and Seneca Valley the fourth, Mount Lebanon the odd team out, and will be eliminated after tonight. But a lot can happen between now and then. Thank you so much for joining me on this Week 9 preview edition of the Whip You Whip Around. Playoff brackets will come out tomorrow. That's Saturday. Um, at two o'clock on Trib HSSN, and we'll have uh, we'll preview that the the playoff brackets early in the week next week, and uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, so be sure to stick around for that next week. But until then, I'm Brendan Rossi. 
Thank you so much for joining me. Follow me on Twitter at Ross two underscores EYE. And follow Pittsburgh Sports Now on Twitter at PGH Sports Now. Thank you so much once again, and I'll see you next time.